All right. Let's go to Proverbs tonight first. And let's look in Proverbs 20, verse 27. We're going to talk about this thing tonight again, some more. I'm going to talk to you tonight about the spirit of man. And we've mentioned some things about all this, but it's just such a big subject that you have to just kind of narrow it down a little at a time. Focus on this tonight. It's, you know, the whole object of all of this is to help us in our Christian walk Mm -hmm. to understand. What I sang a while ago, we sang that song about hold the fort. Now, how many people even know what what is spiritual battle? Uh, what are what, we talk about being soldiers and battling? What does that mean? Where at? What do we do? I mean, how do we fight? Where's the battle? Right. What is it? Well, yeah, it's right in here. Yes, right. and right. this is what it's about: spiritual warfare is spiritual warfare. Yes, it's not in intellectual warfare. It's not uh, carnal warfare. It's not pride or any. It ain't got nothing to do with anything else. It's spiritual warfare. Proverbs twenty, verse twenty-seven. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. That's just one verse. There are four verses in the Bible that mention the spirit of man. Another one is Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 21. It says, Who knoweth the spirit of man that goeth upward, and the spirit of the beast that goeth downward to the earth? <laughs> well, there's some things to think about there, but I don't want to get sidetracked there. Another time is in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 11. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Uh, I've got a lot of other verses to read tonight, but I just want to delve into this and try to get through it, and and I hope that it will help you and me to understand. That's what I've been struggling with, is trying to express, you know, what I understand. It's hard. When you're talking about something you can't see, and you can't get people. We're so carnally minded, actually. Uh, that's a rough word to use, but we have to be able to see it. We have to be able to put it here. Now, here's the spirit, and here, here's the soul, and here's the body. And the body's about all we can figure out because we can see it. Spirit is hard to understand. So you got to just keep looking at it and looking at it and you got to keep thinking about it and you got to look at the Scriptures all through the Bible. 400 and some Scriptures talk about Spirit. Uh, there's a lot of different things about it too. I noticed today in the New Testament, every time the word Spirit is used, it's the same word, except for two times. And those two times are in the Gospels where they saw Jesus walking on the water and they said, it's a Spirit! Not same, Not the same word. It's a phantom. It's a ghost, they said. That's not the same spirit as we're talking about. Always. When we're talking about spiritual warfare. That is superstition. Ain't no such a thing as a ghost. (laughs) So, what is our spirit? What is the spirit of man? 
Alright, I just got to say a bunch of stuff. It is what others sense about us when they're in our presence. It's what they read to get a take on our disposition, our, what, what kind of person that they're dealing with. I told you the Spirit is the receiver. When you meet somebody anywhere, stranger, friend, you, you start assessing them. You know people do that to you too. You know that, don't you? They're, they're, they're sizing the thing up, sizing the situation up. See what kind of mood you're in. See what kind of person you are. They're sizing you up to see if you are receptive or you're rejecting them. That spiritual thing there, that's, just, that's your spirit working. Your spirit, you know, here, there's, I just started thinking of all these words and there's no end to it. The spirit is like we've talked about, everybody has this fragrance around them, this atmosphere around you. Mm -hmm. You're either a cloud or you're sunshine. Or, Or many other things. You know, when you think of spirit, you think of happy? Well, they're happy. Happy spirit. That has to do with their spirit. If you, if you assess somebody as being happy, that's, you can account that to their spirit. Mm-hmm. Nothing else. They can be happy when their bodies are hurting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they can be melancholy. They can be sad. Depressed. De- obsessed. Deceived. Oppressed. Burdened. You realize this. You pick up on these things from people, don't you? Yes. You somebody, why the long face? I thought about uh, Nehemiah, the king's cupbearer. When he went into the presence of the king, and you remember what the king said? Why is your countenance sad? You know, he picked up, see? The king picked up on something wrong here. How? How do you do that? The spirits. It's your spirit. Your spirit tells on you. Your spirit communicates to other people what's going on in here. And you can really read people better than you think you can. I know we was reading about we was reading about Jesus and and you know how different times in the gospels he knew their thoughts. Well, he's reading their spirit. That's what it is. He was keen on spiritually. He was God. He did this many times, what I'm telling you tonight and trying to get across to you tonight if you just watch Jesus and what He did. He wasn't a supernatural mind reader. He was sensitive to the spirits. He was aware of them. He worked in that realm. He lived in that realm. He thought in that realm. He dealt with people in that realm. And we don't. We deal with them in the intellectual realm. We deal with them in the earthly realm, in the carnal realm. We look at people as trees walking. That's what we do. We don't even count this as nothing. We don't even think about it. We don't even enter into this realm in our thoughts. It's all just, you know, we're fighting, but it ain't no spiritual fight. We just fight with each other. There's, that's why there's strife and envy and all that in people who don't walk after the Spirit. You can only walk after the flesh or after the Spirit. It's the only way you can walk. And I'm just saying to you, the people who call themselves God's people walk after the flesh way more than you ever see anybody walking after the Spirit. 
To have the Holy Ghost is this is a, it's just a cliche. It's a meaningless phrase to most people. They don't even know what it means. Don't understand what it means at all. People can be you pick up on them being trouble, being proud. There's a proud spirit, haughty spirit, humble spirit, kind spirit, deceitful spirit. You know, <clears throat> deceived, depressed, heart burdened, free. Caring, sympathetic, cruel, uncaring, cold, warm, respectful, hateful. You you pick up on those. They're just how how we just go on and on, can't we? What we pick up on other people, what we assess when we're in somebody else's presence. And we discount it to moods. Oh, they're in a bad mood. Oh, they're just in a sad mood. Oh, they're just in a melancholy mood. Oh, they're in a happy mood. That's what we call it. That's not what's causing it at all. When we speak of the soul, we're referring to that immortal part of an individual person that is the essence of his being. And it's part of us that, that it, it is the part of us that enables us to think our soul, and to reason. And therefore, it, because we are a living soul that God breathed life into, put a spirit in, and gave life to, we're subject to moral government. Because we're a living soul. Because we can think. Because we can reason. Because we are aware of the universe around us and of the people around us. We are accountable. Whether you want to be, whether you think you are, whether you want to reject God completely, you are going to give account for everything you do and every idle word you speak. Because you have a soul. The soul and the spirit are different. They're distinct. We speak of the spirit, we're referring to that part of us which influences others. And also allows our soul to be influenced by others. Both spiritually and earthly. The spirit of man is that which perceives both that which is earthly and natural and that which is supernatural. Now we talked about this. Your spirit is your receiver. That's what makes you able to perceive. That's the part of you that, that looks and sees. There's so many other things we're going to say here, but the Spirit is light. The, the candle, the, the Spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. What is a candle for? Light. It's so you can see. The Spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. He put it in you. And He put light in you. He's the light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Our Spirit is that part of us that sees and here's, we receive information and knowledge through our spirit. And so, where'd my phone go? Here. I had to look up this verse because I didn't write it down. Proverbs 16.32 He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh a city. You're supposed to rule your spirit. you got to rule your spirit. If you just let her run free will and you're going to be moody 
And you're going to be subject to every devil that comes along and wants to sit on your shoulder and talk to you. Our spirit is that part of us that sees and hears. And, and it's that part of us that is aware of the universe around us. Spirit. You think a dog is aware that there's stars in the heavens? That the moon goes around the earth? You think a dog is aware of what's going on in Washington or over the, over the pond, as they used to say? Across the pond. Think a dog or any kind of animal. What other kind of creature on this earth has any consciousness of the universe like that? Does he think about the future? Does he look ahead? Well, like squirrels do. They biting up nuts all summer. <laughs> no, they just do that like the birds that fly south. They can't help it. They don't know what they don't know consciously what they're doing. They just do it. Because God hardwired it into them to do it. Man, the spirit of man goes upward. The spirit of the beast goes downward. That's why they all look at the ground all the time. I learned that when we was trapping hogs. You know, you if, if he won't look up. If that gate on that trap is above his head, he ain't going to see it. He's looking this way. He don't look up. Tell me a cat's the same way. And I've fooled with them enough to see it's right. They don't look up. Man looks up to the heavens and wonders. He's aware that there's more to everything than he can see. He knows it because he's got a spirit in him that God put there. A light, a divine light in his soul that is aware. Your spirit is what makes you aware that you're alive right now. Sitting here listening to me. You look around. Do you ever just marvel that you're alive? Do you ever do that? Do you ever just look around and say, you know, what in the world? I'm alive. I see all these things. What am I doing here? What kind of creature am I? That's your spirit. And you do that because God put that spirit in you. Got a verse to read here in a little bit about that. The spirit is what makes us alive. It's the, it's the vital principle of life. Everywhere you look up the meaning of it, the first definition of it is wind and breath. The spirit. Spirit. Jesus said it is the spirit that quickeneth. Wait a minute, I'll, I'll get ahead of myself here. I don't want to say that right now. Wait, 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 wait. Spirit is that vital principle of life. The spirit is what makes us alive. And that life comes from God. We always go to the graveyard and we read these verses about the dust to dust, you know, ashes to ashes and all that. The Bible says that the body returns to the dust from whence it came, but the spirit don't go to dust. It returns to God who gave it. That's what the Bible says. John chapter 1 and verse 4. In him was life, and that the life was the light of men. This is in John chapter 1, talking about in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Who's it talking about? It's talking about Jesus, capital W. The Word, the Word. Him. In Him was life. 
And the, the life was the light of men. Down in verse 9, it says that was the true light, with a capital L, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. God imparted life to us. We are alive because of God. His life is in us. I mean, how in the world can you say it? God breathed into Adam's nostrils the breath of life and Adam became a living soul. <laughs> he opened his eyes and he was alive and he was aware of God and of the whole universe around him. Alive. We see it every time we have a baby. We see the same miracle. You know, who was it the other day? Esther, she's back there, but I think she's put this thing on her and it was, a, it was really right. Somebody, and, you know, it's talking about all these people discourage women when they're going to have a baby. Oh, you just wait. You can't sleep at night. And you just wait. You got to change them dirt. You just wait. And it's just going to be bad. And they said, no, you just wait until first time that baby locks eyes with you. You just wait until blah, 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 and all the different things. It's a miracle. Yes. Where did this baby come from? Out of nowhere. Just a new life. A new person who's aware. Mm -hmm. Who knows. Who's learning things. Mm -hmm. Who has a spirit that's searching and listening and looking and yes. drinking in everything that anybody will hand to them. And anything they can get their hands on. Zechariah 12, verse 1. The burden of the word of the Lord for Israel. Saith the Lord, which stretcheth, which stretcheth forth the heavens and layeth the foundation of the earth and formeth the spirit of man within him. Stretcheth out the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth and formed the spirit of man within him. Spirit of man. Biggest miracle. Bigger than the heavens. Bigger... Bigger than the rest of the creation. Made in the image and likeness of God. A living person with a soul and a spirit. Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. In him was life. And that life, that the life was the light of men. And that was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. If you're alive, it's because God gave you life. Yes, and if you're alive, you've got a spirit which is the candle of the Lord in you. Yes. you got light in you. <clears throat> That's why nobody's going to have any excuse when they stand before God and say, I didn't know, how could I have known? Nobody told me. You had a spirit in you that God put there as a light for your soul so you could see. And you listened to devils all your life and wouldn't even walk and think any spiritual thing at all. John 6, 63. Jesus said, It is the spirit that quickeneth. What does that word mean? Make alive. To quicken means to make alive. It is the Spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. 
And that's what, as in John chapter 6, that's when Jesus, that was right after He had told them, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. They said, that's a hard thing. We can't take that. And He said, I'm talking spiritual. And you're thinking carnal, earthly, worldly, just like always. The Spirit quickeneth. 2 Corinthians chapter two, uh, 3, verse 6. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. Who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. You ought to be spiritual. You ought to think spiritual. You ought to walk in the Spirit. You ought to walk after the Spirit. You ought to think in that realm. You ought to live in that realm. Is that too much? <clears throat> so, <clears throat> First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 44 through 46. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. <laughs> Howbeit, that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward that which is spiritual. There's the Old Testament and there's the New Testament. We're in Hebrews. Boy, we got a long ways to go there. But it's better promises, better covenant, it's better sacrifices. Everything is better in the New Testament. Where we're at in this whole scheme of things, we're not back there where they sacrifice the bulls and goats and all of that stuff. We're in the new we're under the new covenant. I mean, the light has shined in the world. The light came into the world. The life came into the world. Jesus Christ. Yes, sir. The Lamb of God. Our Passover. We have seen and beheld him. It's not the same anymore. Quickening spirit. <laughs> the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is nothing like what the Old Testament religion was about. It's alive. It's the, it's the, the resurrection. Galatians chapter 5 verse 25. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. I'm not talking about just getting alone and thinking spiritual, thinking alone and being fascinated with all of these things, walk in it. That means the things you do. As you go, walk by the way. As you live your life. As you bump into other people, walk in the Spirit. Be aware of it. Are you always offended if somebody's been out of shape about something? If somebody's in a bad mood, does that put you in a bad mood? You get offended, get mad, get aggravated at everything everybody does. Well, you wouldn't if you was walking in the Spirit. You'd understand that. You'd have a better understanding of what's going on here. Instead of like two dogs fighting over a bone. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that He might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. So those who walk after the Spirit, basically, 
means those who operate in a much wider realm than just plain carnal people do. Those who who the Bible describe as carnal or carnally minded, they're blind and oblivious to the influence of spirits both bad and good. They just don't live in that realm. They don't think in that realm. They don't they don't walk in that realm. They walk after the flesh and not after the spirit. They explain everything by the flesh. They explain every problem. They deal with every issue in life after the flesh. They don't look for answers in the spiritual realm. They don't look for causes. They don't look for reasons. They don't look for cures and fixes. They're going to do it to themselves. The way you fix problems is you punish people. I mean, tooth, eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. That's how you fix it. That's how you teach people lessons. Right? They're influenced and manipulated by unclean and evil spirits without even being aware of it while they think they're exercising their freedom and authority over their life. Yes, sir, buddy. I know what I'm doing. I know. I'm smart. I'm wise. I've heard these things. I know. I know stuff. The spirit of man is that light within him. Proverbs 20, verse 27, what we read when we started out here. Spirit of man is a candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. John chapter 1 and verse 9. I've read these verses. That was the true light, that which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. What does it mean to light a man? He's the true light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world. What, what does that mean? He, he lights you? Yeah. That's exactly what it means. He makes you able to see. Calvinists say you can't see. can't understand. It's impossible. You're just totally depraved. You don't see. You're blind and your spirit's dead. And ain't no such thing. Your spirit ain't dead. You got a spirit about you. Lots of instructions in the Bible about your spirit and how you're supposed to deal with your spirit. I read you there a while ago about ruling your own spirit. Ruling a dead spirit? No. <clears throat> he lights you. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse six and seven. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, <laughs> has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. You getting that? But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. But God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. To who? To you. In the face of Jesus Christ. The spirit of man is that which makes him conscious and aware of himself and the universe around him, as well as the fact that there are more, there's more that exists than he can perceive with his physical senses. The spirit of a man is what operates his conscience. It's the light in you. That God put there. It, it was the light, it was that light within us that God lighted Himself and for Himself. God put a conscience, conscience, conscience in us. We're conscious and we have a conscience. Yeah. 
What is that conscience? Oh, you can have a lot of trouble with that conscience. Because there's a light in you. Yes, yes. <laughs> there's something in every man, no matter where he's born, what color he is, where, what kind of influence he's under on this earth. There's a light in him that God put there. That tells him, you're wrong. That's wrong. God is called the Father of spirits as well as the Father of lights. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 9. Uh, Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? James chapter 1 verse 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of lights. Did you ever wonder what that meant? <laughs> with whom is no variableness neither shadow of turning it is it, it is a discovering light it, that that's in us and, and because it's there we can know and understand others and know their character and their designs you know what they're thinking what they're planning don't tell me you can't because you got kids and you do it with them, don't you? Oh, yes. yep. So you can do it with big people too. Yeah. How? The light that's in you. Yes. Yeah. And you don't even have to be saved to have that light in you. He lights every man that cometh into this world. Right. Yep. The spirit of man is self-conscious. And searches into into his own dispositions and affections of his own soul and heart, as well as the thoughts and intentions of his heart. And he either approves them or he condemns them in himself. There's another verse I should have had it here, but but it talks about that either approving or condemning yourself. It's all about your conscience in yourself. You're thinking of yourself and your own attitudes, your own deeds, your own intents, and your own affections. There's something in you that says, oh, you're wrong. (laughs) Paul, he did everything he could, he said, to live with a conscience void of offense before men and before God. If your heart condemn you, the Bible says God's greater than your heart. If your own heart condemns you, that's your conscience. That's that light in you. <laughs> Ain't no excuse for all this evil in the world, see. They know what they're doing. They're not just poor folks that don't know and ain't never been told. They're taught. They're wicked sinners. They got a light in them that tells them no, and they do it anyway. They sin against the light. Mm. Therefore, the conscience has to be rightly informed and kept void of offense. All right, there you go. Ruling your spirit. What is your spirit? What what does it do? What's where you get all your information and input it's what it's that part of you that perceives everything around you so what you look at what you 
read, what you watch, what you listen to, all that comes in, your spirit is the door. Supposed to watch it. You better guard it. Because whatever comes in, that conscience has to be rightly informed. What is a seared conscience? People say, well, you just sin against it. You just keep doing against your conscience. It just gets where it don't don't affect you. Why? Why? Because you're drinking in false information. You're, you're, You're eating the lies. Drinking the lies. Swallowing the lie. And deceiving your own self. You can get so good at it, you can lie to yourself and believe it. Well, your conscience ain't going to... It's going to get dimmer and dimmer. We say darker and darker. I've told you before, you sin and the light goes dim. You sin, you keep on doing it, and it'll get dark. Why do we call it darkness? Because there ain't no light. Darkness has no power at all. Darkness is nothing. That's what it is. It's just nothing. It's the absence of light. And God commanded the light to shine out of the darkness. And there wasn't any light. It was dark. And God said, let there be light. There was light. That was it. Now you can see. Romans chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. Just think about this. Now while I read this verse, think about the things I just said to you. For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these, having not the law, are a law unto themselves, which shew the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. See, that's what I just told you. There's the Bible. Romans chapter 2 tells you all about it. Just how it works. Our personal walk in this life could be so much better. It could be so much improved if we would only walk after the Spirit and not after the flesh. Do you know what it means yet? What I'm trying to get across to you? What does it mean to walk after the Spirit? That's not just a cliche. That's not just a religious saying that we say in Baptist churches. Right. Walk after the Spirit. Be led by the Spirit. Does that mean you just sit around waiting for that feeling to come over you so that you know it's right? No, that ain't what it means at all. You're supposed to put on the whole armor of God. I'm getting ahead of myself again. But you gotta, it's spiritual warfare. If we would just realize and believe that it is the influence of evil spirits that cause almost all the trouble in our life. We would be on our way to doing something about it. Having a better life. Having more peace in our heart. Uh, uh, Rest for our soul. More uh, fellowship and unity among us in our families, in our marriage, in our home if we just realize where the trouble is coming from. Yes, sir. I told her today, I was sitting there thinking, you remember, you guys won't even know who I'm talking about. Dad will, maybe. But there was a black comedian way back yonder. His name was Flip Wilson. And his little deal was, he always said, the devil made me do it. The devil made me do it. 
and see people will laugh at what I'm saying to you here. Baptists will. They don't believe none of this. They really don't. The devil can't make you do anything. He ain't never been able to make anybody do anything. But he can talk you into it. Because you'll listen. Because you ain't got no guards up. Because you don't even believe that's part of the deal. You think because you, think you have an evil thought, it's your sinful nature. You think because you sin, it's your sinful nature. That's what it is. Can't help it. The devil just <laughs> laughs at the foolishness and blindness of people. If you just realize where the problems come from. If you don't believe me, you wouldn't believe Jesus because that's all he talked about. That's how he dealt with every problem, every issue, every person he come across. That's the realm he dealt with them in. He didn't give them an intellectual, psychological, cheer up, pep talk. He didn't offer them drugs or medicines or anything like that. He dealt with the spiritual problem because that's where almost all the problems lie. We don't even fool with it. We don't even believe it. And so we just fight and fuss. And we're angry and mad and offended and always got something under a burr under our saddle about something about somebody. And our kids dying, dying around us and they're wasting their lives and going to hell. Nobody will even wake up and realize where the problem's at in order to deal with it. Once we realize that this is true and we start recognizing their presence and their voices, we can simply resist them. And they'll flee. James chapter 4 verse 7. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. It is as simple as that. Resist him and he'll flee. That's how much he's got on us. We just won't resist. He'll hop on our shoulder and start whispering and we'll just start listening. Oh yeah? This is really the truth I'm giving you. James chapter 4 verse 8. The next verse. I mean resist the devil. He'll flee from you. He'll flee. I mean he ain't gonna take a step back. He'll flee when you resist him. And then the next verse says draw nigh to God. And he'll draw nigh to you. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 27, neither give place to the devil. Don't give him an opportunity. Just don't give him an opportunity. If you're aware that this is what's going on. If you're aware that that debate going on in your mind about something in the Bible, something that's some moral issue, if you're just aware that that's a devil talking to you. Yes. And you just say no. We laugh. You sang Brother Earl's song here a while ago. We laughed at Brother Earl. He used to tell this story about going down the road in a car and he'd come into this meeting and boy, he'd come away and he's all discouraged and everything. And, and he said the devil was in the car with him. He said he was just telling him you ain't no good and ain't nobody likes you and you're just, you're just a loser and I don't know what all. He said, finally, I just pulled the car off the side of the road and I got out and went around to the passenger door and opened it up and I said, devil, out! He said, I slammed the door and got in the car and left the devil standing on the side of the road. 
And everybody thinks that's all. Oh, that's silly old man. Uh-uh. No, he understood yes. what I'm talking about here tonight. Yes, he did. That's the devil talking to me. That ain't the Spirit of God. It can't be. It's either the Spirit of God or it's the devil talking to you. Learn to recognize the voice. If you're one of the sheep, you ought to know his voice. Where am I at? Here we go. So don't give place to the devil. Don't give him your, your ear. Recognize his lying ways and reject him and his suggestions and his questions and tell him to get thee behind me. Get thee behind me, Satan. Second Corinthians chapter two, verse eleven. The Bible says, Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. <laughs> Paul said that, but boy, there's a lot of people sitting in churches that are ignorant as they can be of the devil's devices. <clears throat> he's their toy. I mean, they are his toy. They are his puppet on the string. He just yanks their chain and they wow, just like they don't resist him. They give him a place. They don't rebuke him. Ephesians chapter six and verse eleven and twelve. What's in Ephesians chapter six? The armor of God. It's talking about spiritual warfare. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That isn't talking about the government and all of that particularly. You can apply it that way if you want to. That's talking about right here. You, you put on the whole armor of God, helmet of salvation and, and the breastplate of truth and all of that. Yep. Uh, righteousness, yeah. Uh, you put them on. It's about you resisting the devil, about being you being able to withstand his attacks on you. Yes, Put on the armor of God. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 and 9. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. <laughs> so what, what does that put in your mind? A picture of the devil walking about as a roaring lion, seeking him. You think he's just going to sneak up on you and just, just eat you up? I mean, kill you. Just devour you and eat you up. Is that what... How's he going to do it? Well, a lion is a cat. Do you ever watch a lion? Or a cat? If you watch one, you can watch the other and it's the same deal. Yes, sir. <clears throat> uh, these shows you see on TV and stuff where there's mountain lion and them old westerns, you know, there's mountain lions that before he attacks them, he'll wow! They don't do that. That just makes for good drama and scares everybody. Ah! And the devil ain't going to do that to you either. He's going to sneak up on you while you're not looking. The first thing you know, he'll be on you. Neither give place to the devil. Be vigilant. Be sober. Be aware. Watch. 
Because He's there. And He's after you. And He's going to speak to you. In your spirit. He ain't going to roar where everybody else. Boy, the devil's after him. You ain't going to know that. It's in your spirit. Seek the voice of the Holy Spirit. Wait a minute. I didn't read the rest of the verse. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Everybody's fighting the same battle. This is for all of us. Seek the voice of the Holy Spirit of God. Walk after the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh, the Bible says. Jesus did this very thing. Let me give you an example. When he told the disciples that he was about to be killed and would be and would rise again, uh, there in Mark chapter eight, you know Jesus told him. He said, "The Son of Man's going to be. He's going to suffer. He's going to be uh, killed, and the third day he's going to rise again." And Peter rebuked him and said, "Not so. Not going to be that way." Y'all know what Jesus said to him? Get thee behind me, say. He said it to Peter. But when he had turned about and looked on his disciples, he rebuked Peter, saying, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. See, everybody else would have said, Well, boy, Peter just loves him, and Peter don't want him to die. And I mean, you've got to admire Peter's love for him. Well, what love is that? Jesus recognize the Spirit. This Spirit, speaking through Peter, would abort the whole plan of salvation. For love's sake. That's the devil, man. That's his voice. And Jesus didn't... He said it so plainly. Get thee behind me, Satan, and looking right at Peter. Satan's talking through you, Peter. Oh, if we would just be that sensitive. If we would be that discerning. If we would be that aware, that vigilant, that sober, that that keen about the devil. That it's real. The evil is real. It just don't operate like the world thinks, wants to make you think it does. With all the drama and spook and boogers and all of that. By realizing that another person is what they are as a result of what's going on in their mind through the influence of different spirits, we can better understand how to deal with them to help them. Y'all hear what I said there. By realizing all this, and then look at other people, and realizing they are what they are because of this right here. It's a spiritual... Whatever spirits are having their influence on them is what's making them like they are. I don't know if anybody gets it or not, but I'm telling you, now you just, this is a key to so much. If we just realize that. Even children. Let me just go ahead and say what I'm going to say here. Being ignorant of this truth, we simply just beat the air trying to understand and figure out why they're like they are. And we get angry at them for being the way they are. We're impatient with them. And we despair trying to help them or understand with words and facts and, and logic. We just can't understand. What, you know, that's what I hear from so many people. I just don't understand what's wrong with them. What are they thinking? Why do they do that? Why would they live like that? They... The answer is very simple. 
You know, what's the answer? Is it just the way they are? Is it them bad friends they're hanging around with? No, it's what's going on in their spirit. It's what's went on in their spirit. It's the influences that have been they've been under in their spirit. It's the things that went on while you wasn't looking, while men slept. The enemy sowed tares among the wheat. Same thing happens all the time. Every time. We imagine and we prescribe all kinds of carnal ways to correct whatever's wrong with them. And it's all futile because we're missing the mark. We're missing the mark. Jesus rebuked the unclean and evil spirits. Rebuke means to check or to restrain. He just stopped them. Out! He recognized what the problem was and dealt with it head on. And if you resist the devil, he flees. Yes, sir. It sure does. Yeah. <laughs> That's, right. That's why people just can't. They have the. Casting out devils. You got to resist the devil in order to cast out devils. That's the key thing right there. Simple. You're going to cast devils out of somebody else and you won't resist the devil in your own spirit? You ain't, they're going to get you. Man, they're going to drag you off into the hole. They're going to beat the stuffing out of you. Resist the devil. Resist him. Don't give him any place. They, Jesus cast him out. He just said, out. Come out. He checked him. He he restrained them. So in order to have any chance of doing that, the Spirit must be identified that is causing the problem. (laughs) So when, when children or adults have what the world calls behavioral problems or issues, we do well to look for what kinds of influences they are being subjected to. And you'll be able to identify what's causing the problem. And then you can restrain it. Check it. And you'll do some good. Yes. It's simple. Alright, we have to look deeper into a person than what is manifested on the outside. Most people struggle hard to maintain an outward appearance, an impression that'll hide what's really going on in their mind. See, and that's what makes this such a deal. Everybody just acts happy. Everybody acts the way you they think you expect them to act in front of you. They just give you what you want to see. They say what you want to hear. And that makes it real hard to know what's going on inside unless you watch real close. And you watch more than just the occasional glance at what's going on. You gotta know, like your children, like your spouse. You gotta know them. You gotta know. You gotta know what's going on inside of them. You gotta seek to find out. You gotta watch close. You gotta do more than just casual uh, interaction between you. We have to look closely to see through the shield 
that people put up to protect the secret places of their mind and heart. Just study Jesus. Just read the Gospels and read about Him, how He acted and how He reacted to people. Those scribes and Pharisees and all them that were so, you know, they spake within themselves. They thought within themselves. He knew exactly what was going on. It wasn't because he was a mind reader. He was spiritually aware. He was aware of their spirit. So he knew what they were thinking. He was aware of what influence they were under spiritually. He knew where they were. So he knew what was going on inside of them. And he answered them without them even saying it. And they were astonished. <laughs> and they were afraid of him. Mm, this, is, uh, this is very important stuff. I hope it will help you all. I hope you'll receive it. And I hope you'll heed it. hope you'll put it into work in your life. This is not something to go off the wall on, but it is a basic thing. You know, people that are so shallow in their understanding of the Bible and everything, they they would mock this and they would reject it and say, well, he's a kook, he's just a demon chaser and all of that. No, I don't chase demons. But you sure better learn to recognize them. And if you listen to the, what they tell you about demons, and if you just look for these outward uh, fake manifestations, you'll be fooled. All the battles in your mind, your spirit, is what brings it into your mind. Well, let's pray. Father, we thank you for the Word of God. It's true. Lord, I'm... I believe what I preached here tonight, and I pray it'll be a help to all of us. Pray it help me. It already has. And I pray you'd help us to receive it and keep it. It's one of these things that we need to really, really, it's a life-changing thing. It changes the way we interact with other people and, and in our own self, in our own soul, in the battle that we fight inside, in our heart, every day. Lord, it'll help us so much. Please bless it to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen.